Hello everyone, I'm Monty Church. Welcome to this windy, beautiful, historic place of the Oregon Trail. I have a question for you. How would you like to join me on a 2,070 mile hike? That's exactly how long the Oregon Trail was in which many people not only rode in covered wagons like this, pulled by oxen and horses, but many of them did it totally on foot. Amazingly, between the years 1840 to 1880, some 300 to 500,000 pioneers traveled on this very trail all the way here from the eastern part of the United States. They came on foot or by covered wagons to reach what they called the promised land. At that time, life in the populated eastern states was not going too well. The people of America were experiencing a financial depression and the leadership in the government administration was in disarray. There was religious persecution, and to make matters worse, the plagues of malaria and yellow fever were decimating the country. Doesn't it sound so much like the mess that we find ourselves in in so many parts of the world today? It was about that time that in an effort to settle the West, that the U.S. government offered the great gift a free land in what was called the Oregon Territory, providing an opportunity for families to start all over again. All you had to do was just get there and stake out your claim. Thousands took advantage of this homestead offer, taking on the challenge of traveling the Oregon Trail. The truth was, most of these pioneers had no idea how huge of a challenge and hardship it would be. Sadly, for one reason or another, a third of the people who started the journey fell by the way, never to see the promised land. If you visit the Oregon Trail today, you can still see some of the grave sites where some of those travelers died and were buried along the way. There are many dangers that one would face during the long journey, especially if you were unprepared to make the arduous trip. Some died of thirst or starvation, yet others were overcome by sicknesses such as cholera and other diseases. Many, after starting, abandoned the wagon master's leadership and refused to continue on the proven route. Well, sir, if you stick with me, I'll get you out there. I'll get you to the promised land. Thus finding themselves lost. Others, lured by the prospect of gold, went off on side trails that led to other territories, such as California. They thought that they would find their fortunes there, but most of them ended up empty-handed, losing everything. It's so amazing to see how the famous Oregon Trail, after leaving the high desert country, wound its way over the mountains, following rivers such as this. They endured incredible hardships and burdens in making this journey. You know, it is so much like our Christian experience on our trail of life and the hardships and the burdens that we face along the way. You see, at one point in our lives, we started out on our spiritual walk to the promised land. But much like the pioneers of old, we too have run into discouraging problems along the way. 
So this history of the Oregon Trail helps us to better understand today's episode, which we've entitled Falling Off the Wagon. So many of us have excitedly started out on our spiritual journey, following the Lord, our heavenly wagon master, if you please. But then, for one reason or another, have abandoned his leadership, or have, spiritually speaking, fallen off the wagon. Why? Because many have become discouraged by the problems and hardships that they have faced. Maybe they have experienced troubled relationships or financial setbacks, or many simply feel unworthy over the wrongs that they have done, or the bad habits that they can't break that make them feel guilty, unfit, or unworthy of the heaven. So what do they do? Sadly, they bail out. But here's a key. More often than not, we find that these discouragements are linked to our human weaknesses. Because, you see, we're trying to take care of these problems on our own strength. And that, my friends, is an impossibility. You may say, that sounds like me. I know. I think we can all identify with that. The truth of the matter is that all of us have fallen off the wagon at one time or another. But friends, I've got good news for you today. God has an answer for when we fall off the wagon of how to get back on the wagon and how to stay there as we journey on our way to the promised land. You see, it is God's plan for us to keep moving one step at a time toward our eternal homestead by learning to completely trust in His leadership and His power to guide us safely there. After all, He's been there before, and He knows the way and what we may be up against. But just how do we do this, you ask? How do we get back on the wagon after we've fallen off? The Book of Heaven sums it up this way. What is it that the Lord requires of you? It is to be just, to show mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In other words, we do this by daily allowing the guidance of our Lord Jesus in all the affairs of our life. But we must be humble, inviting Him to work with us. And when we do this, He will step into our lives and help guide our thinking by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a loving God we serve. What we must understand, however, is that we all have been born in a sinful world with its destructive effects the Book of Heaven says that our minds are carnal, sold under sin. This simply means that we're weak when it comes to trying to live righteously by ourselves on our own power. That's why we fall off the wagon. So it's imperative that we must have help from our Father above if we're going to make it on our journey to that heavenly country. Though we will have to wear this human nature with its sinful tendencies until Jesus comes, the good news is that we can choose today to ask God to help us in every circumstance to live a victorious, peaceful, and positive life. Isn't that wonderful? Friends, we must fully trust God to allow Him to guide our thinking, to help us become what the Bible calls spiritually minded. This is God's gift to you. According to the Bible, to be spiritually minded is the same thing as being in Christ, or being a child of God, or being sealed by the Holy Spirit unto salvation. And how do we do this? We do this through prayer and study, and allowing the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, Jesus longs to be your friend, 
to be close to you, to guide you through every problem, trial, and temptation. Being spiritually minded is so very important because this is how you develop a personal relationship between you and God. It is the only way that we can live righteously or grow spiritually. He will help you to desire to do what's right because it is right, not just because you're afraid of being punished. That's why God invites us to come, sit down, and let's reason together. He also tells us, set your mind on heaven, not on the things of this world, as if it was the only thing that mattered. So you see, it's the relationship we develop with our loving Savior Jesus that will guide us on the trail of life to heaven's promised land. Without a daily meaningful relationship with Jesus, all doctrine and Bible teaching are meaningless. Jesus said, you search the scripture because you think that in them you have eternal life. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You can know the Bible from A to Z, but if you don't interact with Jesus, you really have nothing or are spiritually empty. So being spiritually minded means to be close to God, that we can learn to think like God thinks. It means that we would want to live righteously because we choose to, not because we have to. This kind of thinking is what will ultimately keep the promised land a safe place to live throughout eternity. Then we can rest assured that sin will not raise its ugly head a second time. I want a spiritual experience with Jesus like this more than anything, don't you? But you say, I have a problem of always falling off the wagon again and again, and it makes me wonder if God could ever save me or not. Well, friend, discouragements come to us all. Perhaps one of the most common trials is when tragedies strike and cause us to wonder where God is during these dark times. And there are so many other reasons for discouragement because the evil powers in high places have a million stumbling blocks for every type of individual. Sadly, it's Satan's purpose to take us down by thinking we must take on life's trials in our own wisdom and our own strength. But be of good courage and call upon God in your day of trial. He will be there for us as we're learning to focus on Him. The Book of Heaven says, When you walk through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the swollen rivers, they will not flow over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. Neither will the flames harm you. I am the Lord your God. Sadly, sometimes we forget that God longs for us to cooperate with Him when it comes to dealing with life's issues. Now, just how does one stay close to God in order to have a spiritual life? First of all, God wishes us to always remember the fact that His love is unconditional. This means that even though we make mistakes, His love for us is not based on our performance, and He's ever ready, waiting for us to call upon Him for help. Whenever we do this, He will forgive our blunders and help us get back on that spiritual wagon again. You see, we must always remember that even before you had any use for spiritual things, God loved you. When we understand the kind of pure love God has for us, we are automatically motivated to allow Him to lead in our lives, even after we have stumbled and fallen along the way. I still remember when I began to first understand the plan of salvation, 
how thrilled I was to see that God accepts me just as I am now, warts and all. How thrilled I was then and how thrilled I still am now. When I claimed by faith the fact that Jesus worked out my salvation while I was still weak and imperfect, what a wonderful sense of peace and freedom I experienced. Friend, do you realize that God has worked out a way for your salvation too? You realize that when He created you, He created you for eternity? Otherwise, He wouldn't have given you life. He wanted you. Think about that. In fact, the Book of Heaven says that He knew all about you before this world was ever created. Long ago, even before He made the world, God chose us to be His very own. I have engraved your name in the palms of my hands. You are always in my thoughts. Just realizing these facts is by far the most wonderful experience of life that you can ever know. I hope, my friend, that you don't miss this truth. You are precious to God. Remember, Jesus' love is unconditional. He's always there to help us when we fall off the wagon and to help us move on to better things. As a parent, we love our own children through the bad times as well as the good, no matter what they've done. They may have brought sorrow to our hearts, but we still love them and are thrilled when they finally leave behind destructive habits for a more valuable lifestyle. Yet God says His love for us is even stronger and more tender than the love of our parents. He says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. In essence, God is telling us, though you've blown it at times, I still love you. I have no need to keep a record of your sins. I buried them in the depths of the sea. I forgive you. Now get up and get back on that wagon, and we will, in time, work things out together so that the same problem won't cause you to fall off again. This unconditional love, my friends, is a new revelation of God to many, because all they've ever heard is that They'll be punished or burned in hell for what they have done. Yes, there is a penalty for sin to be sure, but many have never learned that Jesus paid that penalty on the cross for them. He took our death sentence for our sins upon himself and died in our place, so now you are free to follow his will. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Remembering and knowing how much God loves us makes a change in us, which allows God to prepare us for heaven. This business of allowing God to lead you in all the affairs of your life is not some kind of brainwashing procedure or a mind manipulation. It's just that we see that everything that God wishes for us to understand and helps us to do is for our good, makes good sense, and it's honest. God can help in putting your life back together in such a way that brings true happiness and the peace that passes all understanding. He will absolutely change your life. Selfishness will evaporate and you will be blessed and you will become a blessing to those around you. The Holy Spirit will help you to develop a loving nature. You will consistently become more kind, thoughtful, non-critical and caring. Your influence will be sweet and will cause others to crave what you have. I have a friend who shared her experience with me of how the unconditional love for her by others 
when she was down and out, helped her to learn of God's love. She realized how important she really was to God, and this gave her the desire to let God help her back on the wagon, following the trail of life all the way to heaven. I'm Emily Suze. I'm from Moscoochies, Alberta. I've been through a lot. Um, I'm a mother. I was a mother of four. I am an ex-gang member. When I was in gangs, I used to do the most craziest things and I was caught for it. Currently now, I have two surviving sons and two sons I lost to, one to suicide and the other one to, he was murdered. I couldn't have come this far without walking with God because of the trauma I've endured in the last five years. My son, who committed suicide in 2017, killed himself a couple days before Christmas and I thought I wasn't gonna live after that. It's now been seven months and by the power of prayer, walking with God and accepting him into my life, I've changed a lot healthier. I'm more healthier and more I'm more of a stay-at-home person, but I do a lot at home. I pray, I read the Bible, I go to church where I feel safe. I feel humble. I feel at peace when I'm with my church family. God loves me. God loves you. And God has a plan for all of us. I have that comfort in my heart. I have it. I have the Bible close by. And it's a... Uh, it's a close thing that I have with him because I talk to God each hour, each day. How I change because my heart, my heart's changing, and it's more towards God. So hang in there because He loves us all equally. Emily really hit the nail on the head when she talked about the daily consistency of taking everything to God in prayer every minute of the day. Isn't it amazing what love does to a person? It's so vital that we understand how much we're loved by God. We're the apple of His eye, and He extends this invitation to you and to me. Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
for apart from me you can do nothing. Friends, the fact is that there's a real satanic power that constantly seeks to destroy us and that we must be aware of it and watch out for. God is always ready to forgive when we falter or fall off the wagon, but that doesn't mean Satan will stop trying to get us to fall off again. The Book of Heaven describes it this way. You must realize when a demon has been cast out, he's very restless and keeps looking for another victim. Then he says, let me check out the house I left. When he does, he finds it clean but empty. So he goes to his fellow demons and invites seven others to join him. Together they go back and find that they can gain possession of that man again because he didn't let the Holy Spirit fill his heart. He is now worse off than before. You too need to be careful that you don't become more sinful than you already are. This is why Jesus says he wishes us to learn to daily, constantly choose to stay close to him by unceasing prayer and regular Bible study. When the evil powers see us on guard and surrender to God this way, they are forced to step back because they know God's promises to us are always there. A sign that we have a mature spiritual relationship with God is when we exhibit an attitude of constant learning and of turning to Him in all we do. It's here where some will say, no matter how much I pray, I still continue to struggle with my addictions or habits I know that God doesn't want me to be doing. How do I handle that? Here's how, again, when you deliberately take steps toward God through Bible study, prayer, and turning to the Holy Spirit for wisdom and help, all heaven's powers will meet you just as you take the first step toward Him. This is how the Book of Heaven puts it. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When we submit to God, this promise is ours. God is faithful and He will not let you to be tempted beyond your strength, but will provide a way of escape so you will be able to stand up against it. Imagine these pioneers when they crossed over these rugged mountains into the beautiful promised land. It's so much like our growing Christian experience that brings us victory. Victory and failure can exist together and we become winners. You see, it's a law of life that we become like the one we adore and admire. The Book of Heaven promises, as we look at the glory of God, we're changed. We will reflect more and more His image by the power of the Spirit working on our hearts. What a precious promise. I personally guarantee you that if you will humbly and daily hold on to the Lord, He's going to be faithful to see you through everything and anything. So what is God's will for you and me today? Jesus put it this way, Blessed are the poor in spirit, or the humble in attitude, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn or grieve truly over their sins, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, or those who are submissive, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, longing to do right, for they shall be filled. When we continue to grow and daily submit to God's will, the attributes of His character will become a part of us. The Book of Heaven teaches that when we do this, we allow Christ to cover us with His perfect righteousness. Then God considers us perfect children in His sight. Look at all God's promises to His humble followers. 
We know that God is able to bring something good out of every circumstance as long as we trust Him and remain true to the purpose for which He's called us. Sometimes God works through miracles, but most of the time through the natural order of things, over time, but always on time. Other incredible gifts that God imparts or gives to those who are spiritually minded is the instilling into our characters and personality that of genuine love, gentleness, long-suffering, and patience with others, joy, peace, faithfulness, and self-control. When these qualities are reflected in our lives, others look on us as changed people. But God has even more wonderful promises for our benefit, such as joy and peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says, God's peace, which surpasses human comprehension, will guard your hearts and keep your minds on Jesus Christ. I want that kind of peace in my life, don't you? Just think of it. God's hope and healing is all ours when we simply put ourselves into His hands to work out His will in our lives. Some years ago, I learned a poem that has meant a lot to me. And I'd like to share it with you. It goes like this. As children bring their broken toys and tears for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because He was my friend. Instead of leaving Him in peace to work alone, I stayed around and tried to help in ways that were my own. At last I snatched them back and cried, How can you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. It's my hope, dear friends, that you and I will continue to learn to cooperate with God, our great wagon master. Let's learn to let go of the reins and let God drive our wagon along the trail of life all the way to heaven's promised land. What do you say, dear friends? Until next time, let only the good spirit guide you. Thank you.